3: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy.
2: That's what the poster said? See Ryan
0: Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope.
2: Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth, it's pretty darn important. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam that's right you simply have to take care of your teeth for green mountain dental group to hand over a free sonicare toothbrush check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment
0: Broncos
1: country is sitting in the south stands drinking the from mile high the best part of the Hugging a perfect stranger, as they become a friend. Having a good time when the orange and blue W-I-N. Tune in every day with the good folks down DNVR. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20 whenever you get your shipment of delicious cbd infused rich tasty strava craft coffee good morning gentlemen how are you today
3: fantastic super bowl friday
1: is that a thing super bowl friday now it is all right i'll uh uh, uh, Super Bowl Friday on the podcast. It, has a, it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Are we allowed to say that? Oh yeah, big game no one, Friday. No big one, no one's stopping me. Important football game Friday. <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Yeah, we were just discussing before the podcast about how the Super Bowl has like trademarked and copyrighted all sorts of different things. So like a bar can't even say they come to our Super Bowl party, which to us makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand why the NFL doesn't lose any money off of a bar gaining money based off of advertising their game. No. It's not like there's you NFL, not. Like, it's not like, they're, like you're deciding whether to go downtown and you're like, hmm, should we go to Blake Street, Sports Column, or the NFL bar? Oh, well, the NFL bar, they call it Super Bowl party, so we're going to go to that one.
0: Well, and the other thing is, let's say you've got your local team in the Super Bowl and that team has a partnership with a bar or a restaurant, and it is the official Super Bowl party of that team, I don't think it's going to make a difference in terms of promoting it whether it's the, whether you use Super Bowl or not. You know what I'm saying? The, only, the thing that would matter is it's the official team party, but why should they have the right to say Super Bowl when nobody else does? It's, all, it's, it's basically corporate control run amok.
1: If it was my bar, we'd have a sweet logo of just a badass owl, and it would just be the superb owl party. (laughs) Even I know that
0: one. And a better logo than they have for soup bowls nowadays. I hate the Super Bowl logo template. The Super Bowl well,
1: 50s logo is sick.
0: That's the only good one of the last decade.
1: But the problem is that it looks like it looks similar to all the other ones they've been doing recently, which all suck which kind of sucks a little bit of the life out of the Super Bowl 51. Super Bowl 51 just stood alone. So how can it look similar
3: and be great but it looks similar and the rest suck
0: because you don't have a Roman numeral on that one and also if you look in the 50, the 5, you can see the you can see the skyline of San Francisco. It is the only Super Bowl logo of the last decade that actually reflects the area in which it is played. The others, for a few years, they would have like a little rendering of the stadium around like very low, below the Lombardi trophy. And then the last few years, it's just been big Roman numerals, the trophy somewhere in the middle. Uh, the only thing they change is the color uh, in which Super Bowl is written on the bottom of the logo. It's really terrible. It's
1: just like if you see them from far away, they all look kind of similar. If you get up closer, mm-hmm. some of the other ones are ugly. Then there's yeah. one that looks really good. You guys in your jerseys and and your and your
3: logos. I, I just wish that I could, you know, instantly know which Super Bowl it is, not have to be like Super Bowl Live <laughs> L fifty uh, four. I wish I could just see it and say, oh, Super Bowl fifty four.
1: Yeah, nice. the Roman numerals is. It's, it's archaic, <laughs> just like Roman numerals are.
0: Yeah, I think it was Maybe go- that's
1: why Super Bowl 50 was the best, because they just put a 50 instead of just putting a I giant behind, L. I can get behind that.
0: Yeah, well, the reason they went with five zero was because they didn't want the L as the logo. I think it's all been downhill since Super Bowl XL, 40. That was the best one in terms of Roman numerals.
1: It's funny. I was looking at all the logos the other day like my eyes instantly just gravitated to 32 and 33 and I was like oh those are the best ones and then I was like "Mm, I feel like my brain's playing tricks on me here I just have these positively associated
0: they're among the top and one thing I will say just in my nerdy analysis of Super Bowl logos is that the 90s into the kind of the mid 2000s that's the prime era for Super Bowl logos because you look at the the Super Bowl Thirty Two logo and it's got the kind of the nautical theme mm-hmm. for San Diego. Loved it. Super Bowl Thirty Three looks like it's a, a marquee, like something straight out of Art Deco of Miami Beach. Mm-hmm. Those are extraordinary logos that reflect the place where the game is being played. My personal favorite, and I'm biased being from Tampa, I love the Super Bowl Thirty Five logo, and the theme of that is it was designed to mimic us. Like the old little wrappers they'd have on on the cigars because in Tampa's background it was a significant uh, cigar industry. Interesting. Jacksonville, uh, they had a bridge. Uh, the bridge that crossed the St. John's River was used in the Super Bowl 39 logo. Uh, in Super Bowl 38 when the Patriots beat the Panthers, it's got the little kind of the planet and the ring around it because of but also in a western font to kind of meld Houston's rodeo culture with the fact that Houston is also the home of the Johnson Space Center and NASA. I'm All these the, things, they put, they put great thought into these. These logos nowadays, guys, they're lazy.
1: Yeah. I, I'm of the belief that Eric Weedham, a.k.a. D-Line Coach, should just design everything in the world. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my gosh. After that shirt, the, the new DNVR shirt? Yep. For sure the you, nuggets? Yeah. Oh.
1: Well, right now, it's only going to be – So last night, it was available to people who came to the watch party at Stoney's Uptown. Great time. Shout out, Breck um today it will be available only to subscribers and then whatever's left over will be left for the freeloaders
0: it's a beautiful show
3: it's it's so it's so cool seeing all of the the different elements that he took from from so many different logos what do you think eric
0: could do with the bronco logo history Something something really cool. I agree. He's amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then the Broncos would come to our office with AK 47s. (laughs) Um,
0: Because they'd be mad they didn't think of it first. Yeah,
1: probably. Um, But it does take a hell of a lot of talent to merge logos from, you know, four different decades into one logo that looks really cool. Okay. So as we talk about the Super Bowl here. I think let's get into a little bit of a DNVR Broncos Super Bowl preview uh, in only the way that we know how. Zach, do it. (laughs) Ready for some prop bets? Let's do it. Prop bet city. Let's go.
3: These are real prop bets. I turned to the experts in Vegas, so I'm not setting these lines. I'm not setting these prop bets, and it may seem like I'm setting them with how absurd they are, so... I didn't even look for crazy ones. We're just going to start off. What will be the age of the MVP of the Puppy Bowl? Over, this is the first one I saw and I started cracking up before and wouldn't tell the guys why, over under 17 and a half weeks. Uh, I'm going to go under. Under, okay.
1: Do I get any juice on that?
3: Uh, nope, you get no, oh yeah, you, no, actually you don't. Minus 170. Oh. Over is plus 130. Wow. Oh, I took the favorite. I'm going over. You're going over? Yeah, I'm going to go over with that juice that I get. Okay,
0: this one. Because puppies stay cute for about, you know, in that in that cute puppy look for a year, year and a half. So I'm going to say over.
1: You're being too pragmatic.
0: We've got two
3: more Puppy Bowl ones. Man, this one is risque. But I just have to say it because, again, I didn't set it. Why does we'll, it involve humping? Will Mike Vick tweet about the puppy
1: bowl? Oh, my God, no. Yes is
3: plus 1,200. No. Can you believe that you can bet on that? And, Mace, you kind of talked about the other one. Will a puppy attempt to mate? Yes is plus 350. No is minus 600.
1: Ooh, I like the juice there. Yes. No pun
3: intended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking yes. You're taking yes, Mace? I'm
0: taking yes all the way on that one.
3: How long will the National Anthem be? Two minutes. Over, Over under. under. Under, it? you get minus one, or minus two, 160. Uh, Demi Lovato.
1: Hmm. I am going to say that Demi Lovato has a nice pace to her, 158.7. 158.7,
3: and you get some juice with that.
1: Nice.
0: <sighs> the, the thing about the Super Bowl anthem is everyone wants to put their own spin on it. And with the exception of Neil Diamond, who I believe clocked in at right around 60 seconds, back for Super Bowl 21, the own spin means holding some notes. I'm going to say we're, we're going for the over on this.
3: So will there be – what will be longer? The, or will there be a scoring drive that is shorter than the National Anthem that takes less time than the National Anthem? In form. terms of game
0: clock time or actual clock time?
3: Game clock. Yeah, game clock.
0: Oh, there'll be a shorter drive.
3: Minus or plus 200 for the under. Oh. You like that? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: There's going to be like a – think about the kind of – because you're talking scoring drive, not touchdown drive. You could have a field goal drive, so you could have, say, in the the last minute of the first half – the Niners get the ball back, drive about 50 yards, kick the field goal, yeah. and that's a 58-second drive.
3: I just think it's a Tyree kill touchdown. That's
0: my favorite
1: one so far.
3: Yeah. Uh, what color will the liquid be that is poured on the game-winning coach? Plus 450 for lime green or yellow, plus 800 for orange, plus 300 for red, 800 for clear or water, and
1: plus 1100 for blue. Plus 800 for water. For red. Or 800 for water, yep. Here's my thought here. Oh, Down in Miami, dehydration is a problem. I don't know if they want to mess around with sugar and that sort of stuff in the drink. We're going water. Plus 800. Plus 800. I can't
3: deny the juice there. I like plus 400 lime,
1: green, aqua.
0: I'm going to go with two teams that wear red being partial to red.
1: And that's probably why red was the favorite here, wasn't it? Yep, exactly. Red was a favorite.
3: And this may be the weirdest one. Will Andy Reid eat a cheeseburger before the end of the Super Bowl broadcast? And it has to be shown on TV. (laughs) Winner? (laughs) If you say yes, plus 1,200. That's it? No, minus 750. You're getting
1: 12 to 1.
3: Twelve to one. If he eats a cheese, what I'm confused say, with.
1: I think he had a quote about this, oh, which is where this came from. Okay. Where he said something like, "If we like, what will you do if you win the Super Bowl?" He's like, "I'll win a juice. I'll eat a juicy cheeseburger, or something along those lines."
3: Still, unless someone like has it cooked already and brings it to him at midfield before he shakes Kyle Every Shanahan's hand. Every single
1: burger restaurant in the world. Heard that quote and (laughs) thought this is an incredible advertising opportunity. So, Carl's Jr. and McDonald's and Burger King, all these places are now probably bidding.
0: And Burger King is actually a Miami-based company. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that.
1: Did you find the quote? Were, Were you able to? I'll look it up.
0: I know he. I'm reading this. Said he dodged a question on his perfect cheeseburger.
1: Oh, I did see that. Yep. I think it was actually Lindsey Jones who asked that question.
3: How, how does that? How do you ask that question?
1: She was like, "It Andy, was like she, you're a little
3: big. You're gonna eat a cheeseburger." You know, she was anyone? like two
1: part question: one, like how do you connect so well with your offensive line? Blah blah. blah. Two, every offensive lineman I talked to said like you love cheeseburgers. So mm. what was your? What would be your ideal <laughs> cheeseburger? Wow. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Well, I mean, it's the you get to the silly part of the week you start asking anything. I mean, yes yesterday there were a lot of players interviewing players at the uh, media availabilities. It was the media exhausted its supply of questions.
1: Okay, so uh, I think I'm on to something here. Da, da, da. Oh, maybe not. Okay, Reed was asked what he did to celebrate the chief's birth in the Super Bowl, mm. and he said, quote, I had a cheeseburger and went to bed.
0: <laughs> but he had that cheeseburger presumably at a restaurant. But again, I think now that he's put it out there. Yep.
3: So you guys are taking the juice. You're taking the plus 1,200. And he has to do it. Be on the. It has to be on the Fox broadcast just any time before the, the Super Bowl broadcast ends.
1: Yeah, as he's uh, – hmm then I have to, no, I'm not, see, I'm not, I'm picking the chiefs to lose spoiler alert. See, so there's yeah. no, there there'll go. be no cheeseburger because you're, spe- because you're
0: specifying the Fox broadcast. I'm going to say no, because there's too many ifs because first of all, the chiefs have to win. Second of all, he'll be, he's not going to eat a cheeseburger with the trophy on the podium. Oh, see, I That's think he saying. would if they win. Oh, no, God. I think that, um, no, I think he eats it on ESPN when they do NFL primetime on the field, because usually it comes on as soon as the Super Bowl broadcast ends, and they bring—I think they bring back Chris Berman and Tom Jackson to do it just because of their, you know, their presence overall. And I think that's where he eats the cheeseburger. So I think he eats it, but not on the Fox who's broadcast. Who's
1: presenting? Do we know who's presenting this year? Like who's going to be on the podium? I believe it's Terry Bradshaw.
0: What if they present, oh,
1: what if
3: they present the cheeseburger before the Lombardi
2: Trophy?
1: So I think they're going to be a, t- a table. They're going to have the MVP Trophy, the Lombardi Trophy, and a cheeseburger. <laughs> and Terry Bradshaw is going to say, Andy, take your pick. <laughs> and he's going to pick up a cheeseburger. There's going to be a big old Burger King wrapper on it. Take a bite and then grab the Lombardi. What? But that's not going to happen because
0: imagine lose. though if they took it to the next level because the big thing for Burger King right now is the fact that they have the Impossible Burger. Yep. The impo- so what if it was a burger that wasn't actually a traditional cheeseburger. What if it was an
1: impossible cheeseburger? That would be, <laughs> uh, I feel like he, Andy Reed would go Ron Swanson on them. But so maybe I, they play the Mission Impossible theme and the burger drops down wow, that would be from beautiful. the rooftop right into his hands. It seems like it should
3: be part of the halftime show. Andy Reed should ditch the game planning in the <laughs> locker room and come
2: out.
0: You know, I think you missed your calling, RK. I think they're that you know corporate marketing and promotions uh, might be an area where you could be fabulously successful. This I is I'm can't, I would be lying if I said I haven't <laughs> thought of this.
3: <laughs> but, Ryan, I have a question for you. You think the San Francisco 49ers are going to win, but you yes. think if the Chiefs win, that Andy Reid eats a cheeseburger on the broadcast, like at some point in this. Yes. So, do you really think? That the 49ers are going to win this. That they're, they're so much favorites that they have plus 750 odds to win. Seven seven thousand five hundred odds to win, or seven fifty odds to win. What do you mean? Because if if you think that the Chiefs have a better shot of winning, shouldn't shouldn't you take those seven fifty odds?
1: What seven fifty?
3: Plus seven fifty of Andy Reid eating a cheeseburger. I thought it was plus
1: twelve hundred. Plus, sure, yeah, plus twelve hundred. Okay, that's where you confused me. Sorry. Um. No, because then I'm betting against myself.
3: But with fantastic. So you, what, what I'm saying, though, is you're betting against yourself. If, if this was one-to-one, I would get it. But it's plus 1,200.
1: It, that's just, you can't, then you start taking all these different things, and now you don't even know what you're rooting. It's like having 12 fantasy teams, and you're, you don't know which players to root for.
3: You don't like, you don't like hedging and, and doing all no, that? No, no. You're going all in. Yep. What would Kyle Shanahan be eating after
1: this? What would the prop bet be for him? I've only seen him eat one thing ever, and it was steak and shake.
3: <laughs> that would be a hamburger. I, yep. think,
0: he, I think in honor of his, his father, who not far from here has a, an exquisite uh, steak and seafood restaurant, and being down in South Florida, I think
1: he has stone crab. On the podium, because, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're gonna they, bring they, him they, up a hammer to break <laughs> open the stone crab. Well, when
0: they when stone crabs you know, are in season, the they have them over at Shanahan's. They yeah. get them. They get them flown in. They're amazing. Actually, I don't know
1: what a stone crab is. It's a crab with a shell that you literally have to use a hammer so to it's open. The up. And they opposite. serve the claw.
0: They serve the claws. Basically, like you get the meat out of the claw.
1: The claw itself weighs like a pound. Oh, it's, so they're, they're so, so big. that the the, yeah. the crabs are so big. That's why they're so thick. No, uh, it's not even that they're that big. They're just very durable. Wow! So They're it's the, the opposite. Of it's, crabs. it's opposite of soft shell crab. Yes, which yes. is way better than stone crab. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I think the meat in the stone crab is a lot better. But it, look, I'm also I, I used to live in Florida and I've been to the Joe Stone Crab down in Miami, so I'm gonna vouch for that.
1: Yeah, I'm and not it,
3: really crabby when it comes to my crab. No. I'll tell oh you all. gosh! I'm he,
1: going to uh, Baltimore here in a few weeks. Oh. Just essentially just to eat a soft shell crab <laughs> sandwich.
0: Crab. Crab. I would also say there's a place. Do you like uh, mussels?
1: I love everything. Okay, there's a
0: place <laughs> over. I think on on Fell's Point, maybe up there. That's called Bertha's Mussels, and literally, like, that, the whole menu is like all manner of dishes with mussels and however you want them served. And I th- I went there the night before a uh, 2010, 2010 Ravens Broncos game, the one where Demaryius Thomas got lit up on the kickoff. Dumb move by McDaniel's having him out there, and it was amazing. And also, I, and yeah, make sure you get a lot of crab cakes too.
1: I, uh, oh, I, um, my diet's gonna take a hit. <laughs> I've decided though that like, cause last year I, I was like straight keto from the end of the Super Bowl all the way until I went to Mexico in June. Um, and I just, I feel like I missed out on some things. <laughs> like I just, you can't go to Baltimore and order a salad. It just seems like that should be illegal. So I'm not going to hold back. Basically going to be going from, D.C. to Baltimore to Philly. Whew. And I'm, I'm going to have all the good things. That's going to be
3: tasty. One, one dish, since you said you're open to anything that I saw recently that I think you'll really like, and I, and I want you to try, maybe you can find it out there. It's this soup, and in, in the middle, there's, there's this, this bat in it. Oh, my god!
1: <laughs> I don't even really like soup to start with. Is gazpacho soup. I don't know. I don't like it though. Do you like gazpacho, mix? Yeah, I love it.
0: I love gazpacho. I'm calling it a soup.
3: Cold, I think it's technically cold soup. it's a soup. Yeah. What else could it be? That's the. Th- it's yeah. gazpacho. It's it's almost like chili,
1: except I'm willing to classify it a soup. I it think it should really yeah. be called chili based on its temperature. <laughs> it's it, the OG chili. Because like chili is <laughs> anything but chili. I,
0: well Lisa Simpson called it a tomato soup served iced cold. So I, I really I'm gonna stick like with though. what Lisa said. By the way, it's funny we're having this discussion about Andy Reid and the cheeseburgers. One of the, there's a story that I was thinking about a couple of days ago, in that it was he was asked I think by the Dallas Morning News about his favorite memories of uh, going against the Cowboys, and it had nothing to do with football, even though he coached in the NFC East. It was that when he was an assistant with the packers he wanted to find out who the guy was that made the chili dogs at Texas Stadium because they put extra cheese and onions on them <laughs> this is the way andy Reid sees the world and his, his memories are framed through food i'm sure that, i can kind of relate to that to be honest with you
1: <laughs> i mean my, a lot of my experiences like that's why i'm saying that when i travel yeah. this offseason i'm not going to stay keto um, and
0: you're not going to eat anything you could get here, right? right? That's my first rule of traveling, of road food. Nothing I can get back in Denver.
1: At least, well, I can't stay that true to that. I'll say at least once a meal, you ha- or once a day, you have to get something you couldn't get in Denver. Okay. I like that. I um, like that. Because, like, you start getting crazy if you try to eat something new every, for every meal. Well, I'm know. talking
0: about restaurant. I'm sorry. like You can't, like, oh, yeah. I'm not going, like, I am not going to chipotle chipotle and when in and out establishes its beachhead down by park meadows i won't go to in n out when i'm in california anymore because i'll be able to get here
1: yeah that's going to be a once in a long while thing for me um really quick i'm sure you can bet on this somewhere here's my prop will they show the clip of andy Reid at the punt pass kick competition without a doubt in oh, the yes. super bowl absolutely or
0: unless they they get to it in pregame,
1: they'll
3: probably do both
2: <laughs>
3: how do you not because this is kind of the legend of andy reed he needs this game for if, if he wins this hall of fame i mean that that's what's on the line for him right now if he doesn't there's maybe still a case depending on what he does the rest of his career but if he wins this he's going to be in the hall of fame so how do you not detail his whole career and it starts with that
1: Sorry, on uh, NFL Network, they've got DK Metcalf, and he's standing next to Kay Adams, and it is unbelievable how small she looks standing next to him. <laughs> and that's why they just zoomed in on yeah, him. so she, you can't She's out of the see. shot. <laughs> she's standing right there in the corner of the screen. You just can't see her. Um, all right, we've got the prop Are we done with props?
3: You want to get to some, a quick few serious ones? Yeah, let's do it. Jimmy right. G, Passing Yards. These are all uh, the same odds, minus 110, minus 115, 239 and a half. A guy that threw eight attempts last time. I'm going to say significantly under. Hmm. Mace?
0: I'm going to say over because I think they'll be behind. Mm.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go just under. Patrick Mahomes. Yesterday I said he's averaging 304 and a half yards per game. Guess what the line was yesterday. 304 and a half yards. It's gone up to 305 and a half. What do you like? Under. under. Over. Over. Uh, I'm, I'm going over as well. Um, let's go touchdown passes. Jimmy G, one and a half. Under. Mace?
0: I'm currently looking at Jimmy G's uh, touchdowns per game. These are quick, Mace. I'm going over.
3: I'm going under. Patrick Mahomes? Two and a half.
0: Does that include running or just passing?
3: Just passing. Over. 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 Mahomes and in, in Garoppolo interceptions are both point five each. Mm. Double over for me. I'm going double over as well.
0: I'm going I'm going yeah, double over because I think the Niners will will force Mahomes, their pressure will force Mahomes into a bad throw.
3: Mahomes and Garoppolo rushing yards. Garoppolo four and a half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I always believe in these big games, and it's come back to bite me a few times, but I always believe in these big games. Caution is thrown to the wind. So while Jimmy G, I mean, if, any, if there's any team he might be a little afraid to run against, it's the Chiefs. That's, of course, the team he got injured against last year. But I'll say that he actually does take off for one. And and maybe they even um, scheme in a zone read for him just because they don't think anyone will expect it. The other
0: thing to consider, though, is if the 49ers win, let's say they're kneeling it down at the end and there's a couple of losses of yardage.
1: I think he gets like a 12-yard run.
0: He has just six games this year in which he exceeded four and a half rushing yards, including the playoffs. So six out of 18. I'm taking the under.
3: I'm going, uh, I'm going to go over. I think he takes a gamble. Patrick Mahomes, 31 and a half.
1: Over. Under. Under. Oh, man. He's going to be, my thought process is this he's going to be flush from the pocket on damn near every play.
3: And I think, I, I don't disagree with that. I just think he gets rid of the ball instead of trying to do something. He
0: only it. has more than 31 rushing yards four times this year.
1: Yeah, hey, I don't care about all that. It's, that's what I mean. Caution to the wind. These guys are going to just lay their whole bodies on the line.
3: Yep. Yep. All right. Pick, pick the game right now. Kansas City is favored by – no. Yeah, Kansas City is favored by one and a half points. The over-under, 54 and a half. So what is that? Vegas is saying 28-26? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chiefs, what do you guys think? I think I saw this is the first time that both teams in a Super Bowl are averaging over 29 points. And the San Francisco 49ers are averaging more points than the Chiefs this year, which blows my mind. And I saw that today. I had no idea.
1: People forget. People forget. What do they forget? that (laughs) that That the 49ers have the better offense. And the better defense. Do
3: you think they have the better offense?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. The numbers don't lie, hey, maybe.
3: Okay, okay. So, pretty clear then who's winning. If you have the better offense, better defense. Unless you want to tell me Dave Tobe is going to play a huge role in this on the special team side.
1: 49ers win. 28-21. Whew. All right, low-scoring game. Yep. I San Francisco's
3: think- offense doesn't come through.
1: And I think uh, that's um, a little bit of a late charge there from the Chiefs. I think this game is going to be handled by the San Francisco 49ers. On the
3: back of Nick Bosa?
1: Uh, Nick Bosa and the running game. Mm.
3: Um,
1: I've been The one thing that, that the Chiefs have not done a good job stopping this year is the type of running that the 49ers do. And Mina Kimes actually went into this this morning on ESPN, just kind of talking about. The the way that the Chiefs th- or the way that the 49ers run the ball, I think they're going to give them a ton of issues running the ball. I think they're going to possess the heck out of the rock. I think Jimmy G is going to be asked to do minimal things, although I do think he throws an interception because he doesn't see linebackers. And I think that um, we're gonna be, we're gonna be sitting there watching the game, and everyone's gonna be saying the whole time, "Just wait till the Chiefs get hot. Just wait till the Chiefs get hot. Just wait till the Chiefs get hot." And they never quite get a chance to get that hot. They're gonna keep saying it. So what do you what are
3: you thinking this this game is? Like seven points for the Chiefs entering the fourth quarter? The score. What do you mean? Oh how, how many points do you think the Chiefs have entering the fourth?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be low scoring entering the fourth quarter.
3: Wow. So it's a classic
1: Chiefs start though, is a slow start. Yeah, they have a slow start, and everyone's just like Right. All they need is one. All they need is one, but Nick Bosa and that defensive line just keeps penetrating and penetrating and penetrating and penetrating and they just don't get it. That'll be a good
3: prop bet when they're down double digits is how many times is it that that, that is said, wait till the Chiefs get hot. <laughs> Seriously. Mm-hmm. Mace, how does this game unfold?
0: I've uh, first of all, the Chiefs are averaging thirty one point seven points per game since Mahomes came back from injury.
3: Love it. That would be more than the thirty and a half, I believe, that San Francisco's averaging. Yes.
0: Okay. I think that's sort of the key demarcation point for them. And, of course, their defense has played much better in that span as well. I think if you played this game in September or October, the 49ers win, the Chiefs finding enough defense, unleashing Tyron Matthew in particular, he's, I think, one of the keys. To this game because he's the one who kind of freelances and he's the one who's going to have to read and react to what the 49ers are doing. I don't think you're going to see as many explosive runs from the Niners in this game as you saw from them against the Packers. I've got Kansas City winning this game 34-27. 34-27.
3: That's so a very over. similar spread as what Ryan had just with the other team winning. Do I even need to make a pick here, or is it pretty clear where I'm going? Ten days ago, I felt so comfortable in the 49ers winning this game. You should have had my New Year's resolution. Stick with the gut feeling. Yep. We'll see on Monday if I should have uh, stuck with that. I just I, – I loved the good defense going – or the great defense going up against the great offense because in Broncos history, Broncos recent history, what's happened? Both great defenses in the Super Bowls have won. It was – Not the best when the Broncos had the good offense, and it was fantastic when the Broncos were the ones with the good defense. So that's how I felt about this game. And as you guys know, the reality set in for me over the past week of Patrick Mahomes and how good he is. And I actually think not just him being good, but what did we say? They've got to sack Patrick Mahomes. Pressure's great, but they have to take Patrick Mahomes down. This front four – can get after anyone, they're going to get after Patrick Mahomes. They can sack most quarterbacks, but Patrick Mahomes, if this was Tom Brady, if this was Peyton Manning, I'd probably be taking... Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, not saying the Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, but he has the tools to counteract this front four better than those guys. With him doing the stupid things of running backwards, turning his back to, to downfield like he does, it seems so stupid, but it works for him. And that's how he's going to deal with the pressure. <coughs> you and you tearing up thinking of your guy over here? <coughs> I'm dying. Maybe that's maybe I should. Uh, that's the universe saying pick the other team. But I don't think they get him. I think the magic number is they have to sack Patrick Mahomes five times. And that's happened once in his career. And Patrick Mahomes won that game against the, the, the your Arizona Cardinals, so not as good of a team. But I think if they get to him five times, they win. I don't think they take him down five times. I think he's running around like a madman all game. But where I feel the most comfortable about this is Derrick Henry. Couldn't be stopped. Derrick Henry could not be stopped. Uh, as as we continued to see, he was better than the great Terrell Davis in his first few playoff games. He couldn't be stopped until he ran in to the Kansas City Chiefs defense. You have to give them so much credit for what they've done since about midway through the season. And... I didn't think the Chiefs were going to be able to stop Derrick Henry. I thought Derrick Henry was going to run all over them and even then the Chiefs still had a good chance to win. But when they stopped him, man, they held they held the Titans to 85 yards. I think Derrick Henry was held to like 65 yards. That's why I think the Chiefs win this game and they win it. They cover the spread. I'll tell you that. They the, I'm going to go 34 27 Zach, do you feel same, like... Oh, it's the exact same score? Yeah. Okay, I'll go 34-24.
0: Okay, do you feel like that you and I may regret picking an Andy Reid-led team in a high-leverage game? No. Okay. And
3: here's why.
0: I knew you were going to do something here. <laughs>
3: Andy I want- Reid, I've, I've, I've thought... And a couple of years ago, I had a much stronger take about this, that Andy Reid was overrated because everyone said he's, you know, one of the greatest coach, and he never got it done. Well, what he's done recently has, has quieted me, but it would be Patrick Mahomes winning this game. Like I said, it's not going to be Andy Reid play calling to scheme this front for It's going to be Patrick Mahomes running 20 yards backward and throwing the ball 50 yards downfield for a 30-yard completion. So it's because he has the great quarterback that's what takes him over the top.
1: Here's what I will tell you about the difference between the way that the San Francisco 49ers run the ball and the the Tennessee Titans. The Titans aren't trying to trick you. They're just saying, like, here we come. Try and stop us. Mm -hmm. And against a lot of teams, that worked very well. Against the Chiefs, they did a fantastic job of building their entire game plan around being able to just stop those runs that are coming right at your mouth. The 49ers are all about scheme runs. That is why Raheem Mostert can be a star in this uh, this offense. Last week they averaged seven yards a carry, or last game they averaged seven yards a carry. But as Mina Kimes, I, I deserved, I, she deserves credit for this, as she pointed out this morning, they averaged over three yards before contact because you're just your head is spinning out there because. There's a guard pulling in, in you know, the, what, what they're hoping is that Tyron Matthews sees that guard pulling and just crashes down. They go the other way. Like, they're so creative about tricking you into an open run. And I think that it's going to be very, very difficult for the Chiefs to stop that type of run game. That's what I'm that, – that run game, it's the mix of the run game and the front four. Like, that is what wins Super Bowls. And I know that Patrick Mahomes could really throw a wrench in the gears – of what we know about Super Bowls, but I think they're gonna run the heck out of the ball and be dominant on the front four, and I think that's that makes them really hard to beat. It's why they're here.
0: Where do you stack Kansas City's front four though compared to the other front fours that the Chiefs have or the Niners have faced? Because with Frank Clark and Chris Jones in particular, oh, they bring Frank a bit Clark. more up front than most teams.
1: Frank Clark, Frank Clark, Frank Clark. He reminds me so, so much of the Carolina Panthers going into that game against the Broncos in Super Bowl 50. I talk, I've talked about it a million times. It's fake confidence. It's this, oh, I'm going to play this whole game with the media all week about how confident I am and how confident we are. And personally, I just see right through that. I think he's going to have a terrible game. I think that he's going to get punched in the mouth repeatedly in this game. But, to your point.
0: There's a thin line, though, between fake confidence and real confidence because if the Seahawks had melted down, they were an, a relatively inexperienced team going to Super Bowl 48, and they had confidence, or turned out it was genuine. We don't know if it's genuine or fake until I, we get to the game. I
1: really believe in my ability to diagnose what kind of confidence it is. But
3: wouldn't you have – if you're Frank Clark, wouldn't you have the ultimate confidence no, you, but have? you have? Patrick over-project-
1: He's over-projecting it. There's – you can see when someone is just confident and they don't have to show you how confident they are. So He's... Frank Clark's overconfidence is what's going to cost him the game. No, not at all. The, uh, inability to stop the run is what's going to cost them the game.
3: So I said how the other team that I didn't choose to win, how the 49ers win the game, how did the chiefs win the game? How, how does it happen if the chiefs win or, do you just not see a scenario
1: oh, yeah, of Andy Reid eating a cheeseburger? There's plenty of scenarios. Um, it, it's, they stop the run and they protect Patrick Mahomes. I mean, actually, they probably only need to do one of those two things really well to win the game. If they protect Patrick Mahomes all night, there's just no way the, the 49ers are going to be able to stop them in other ways. Is
3: that just the eye test? Or is it a number of sacks?
1: No, or? no, it's the eye test. We'll know real quick. Are they getting through? Are they forcing him? I mean, technically you don't even want to force him out of the pocket. Um, are they making him uncomfortable? And if the answer is yes, they're going to win, in my opinion. If they, if we go through the first quarter, heck, the first drive, and they're not getting through there, I'll, I'll pull out the panic button.
3: Ryan, you said earlier how Super Bowls typically aren't that good of games. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go 34-20, right. Chiefs. I don't think it's a very good game, even though it should be. It could still be an
0: entertaining game, 34-20. Yeah, but when you look at but it, but if at it's the 30, end. are you saying it's 34-13 and the Niners get a late window dressing No, I touchdown. think it's
3: going. I think it's going to be closer. I'm. I'm just going in terms of like the point spread. When 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 we look mm. back at this game in 10 years, we're gonna go, oh yeah, yeah, it was just another game. It was Super Bowl 50.
1: It is um interesting. Normally in these games, I want to look at which team has been there before and neither team has and I think that that creates an interesting thing it's actually why I like the under in this game I think there's going to be a lot of jitters uh I think things are going to be a little sloppy early on in the game and I think that because of that that gives the 49ers another advantage jitters don't really affect the run game you know what I mean um guys aren't overthinking the run game it's just go and that's why I think they're going to actually get a, a, a handle on this game early.
0: But what if the Chiefs sell out to stop the run and the game ends up in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands? The thing that I that kind of goes through my mind is that if the Chiefs contain the run just enough to force the game into Garoppolo's hands, I just don't trust him the way I trust Patrick Mahomes. No one and could. if that happens, the Chiefs probably have this game on lockdown.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they're able to force Jimmy G to throw, I don't feel great about it. Though, even I have started to question my own, um, I don't know if the word is dislike, my own questioning of Jimmy G. Like, he just keeps proving us wrong. And the last game is notwithstanding because he really didn't have to do anything. But the game before that, he made big plays. Every time I thought he wasn't going to make a big play, he went and did it. To be fair,
3: he he was six for eight. He didn't do anything. He didn't blow the game, though, either.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Didn't have to. The other exactly. the other name that we haven't talked about here, we've mentioned the Chiefs defense. We haven't talked about Steve Spagnolo. And the last time he was on this big stage.
1: Yep. Giants Patriots.
0: Yes. One delivered a master class in containing what was at that point perhaps the best offense for a single season in NFL history? It's funny cause that '07 Patriots offense.
1: They hired Spags because they thought the hurdle that they had to clear was the Patriots. <laughs> right? Yep. Didn't even have to have to go through them. You know
3: what? Mace, after thinking about that again, said this isn't. Going to be a close game. I'm gonna go 34-17. Just, just keep knocking. The, <laughs> You've the gone set,
0: from 27 to 17 yeah. for the Niners you, no, in the course forget, of ten when he's gone from the Niners are going to win. <laughs> from the Niners
1: are going to lose by seven. So by
3: game day, it's probably gonna
1: be. Uh, I'm guessing 34-0. Maybe, yeah, 34-0. <laughs> All right. Well, the well, Super
0: Bowl hasn't had a shutout, right?
1: I, I have not been this excited for a Super Bowl in a long time because I. I I guess uh, the Eagles Super Bowl I was really excited about. Other than that, it goes back to the Broncos. Like, I'm so... I, so I guess I'm always excited for the Super Bowl is what we're saying. I don't know. I'm so jazzed for this game. I
0: think it was that nobody was excited for last year's game yeah. outside of the Rams and Patriots fan bases. And I think the nation was sick of the Patriots at that point. And the Rams, having just moved back to Los Angeles... It's not a team that has a very wide fan base at this point. St. Louis hates and the, and the fans they gained there over 20 years. they hate they hate the Rams now and other people have people have other loyalties at this point. and that's what kind of made that game last year, I think so milk toast in terms of the lead up to it. One thing that I can see from being down there for Super Bowl week last year, there weren't a lot of fans that showed up for most of the week. Because the Rams just didn't, they were, A, it's cross-country. B, they don't have, they haven't yet built that die-hard loyalty out there in Los Angeles since they come back, and who knows if they ever will, quite frankly. And the Patriots, they've been in the Super Bowl so many times that their fans were kind of ho-hum about it. So there wasn't that kind of buzz, and it's been much different this year. And also, I think the fact you have two teams that are explosive, it's... You have, you have some fun young players in this game. It just feels like this is a fresh matchup, whereas last year's Super Bowl, by comparison, just felt stale and warmed over. This feels fresh, new, invigorating, exciting. Who,
3: Go ahead. Who's the Super Bowl MVP? It's got to be San Francisco 49er for you. Got to be a Kansas City Chief for you.
1: For you guys, it has
3: to be obvious. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take Nick Bosa. Mm, What's his stat line? What's Uh, the most important
1: stat? Three sacks. So he goes over Von Miller's two and a half. Yeah. That'll get the job done. Three sacks, maybe even a strip sack in there. That'll do it.
0: I think there will be a case for Tyree Kill. Make the case. But what will happen is that Mahomes will do – it's enough to matter. justify <sighs> being the MVP because those who vote on the award and the league people in the league are going to say, yeah, if we can avoid this, we really do not want yeah, to right. give the Super Bowl MVP award to Tyreek Hill, and so it'll, it'll be Mahomes. It'll yeah, be- it's,
3: it's, it's, to me, it's going to be obvious. It's not just going to be giving it to the young quarterback. It's going to be giving it to the guy that has four touchdowns and one interception
1: in the game. If the Chiefs win... I honestly don't care what Mahomes' stat line is. They will give it to him. <laughs> I'm so convinced of that. Like, I mean, Tom Brady's won Super Bowl MVPs with going like 12 of 22 <laughs> for 187 yards and two touchdowns. Because he's Tom. And yeah, this, just the, the this, quarterback. I mean, we're talking about the, the right. people voting on this are they're simple. Yeah,
3: they're simple. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. And uh, let me just say this. Go San Francisco Forty ers I hope I'm so wrong, but that's not the way I see it. So I'm gonna tell you guys the way I see it. But I'm gonna be cheering. I'm gonna be cheering for for the the Bronc, the San Francisco Broncos out there.
1: Well, and Kyle Shanahan, in what may have been a Freudian prediction last night, Shaquille O'Neal on the NBA TNT <laughs> halftime show was asked, "Who you got in the Super Bowl?" and he said. Denver <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he was thinking about the Denver 49ers was
3: it a total accident
1: <laughs> yeah they were like Denver's not in the Super Bowl and then he's like oh oh I thought you said this game he's like <laughs> talking about right, Nuggets right. jazz I'll forgive
0: Shaq because he's had a lot of other things on his mind this week so oh uh, I love it. kind of understandable
1: yeah it's gonna do like a thousand likes on Twitter so I love <laughs> oh it. Oh <laughs> my <gosh. laughs> um all right before we move on, shout out to Breck Brew. So check this out, guys. Last night, I don't know if you saw our social media, but at the Breck Brew release of Mile High City Copper Lager, they had this sweet little mini pop shot game. Have you ever seen those? Where oh, you yeah. just yeah. they yes. used to be very unscientific. I remember when I was uh, as a kid, I had one that was literally a little wooden ball with a little wooden hoop and a little metal ring as the rim, and you just and it was the ball was attached to a string. Yep. And you tried to get it in.
0: Did it have a spoon?
1: Basically. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I, I had one that had a plastic spoon, and you flicked the plastic spoon. So mine was metal. It made it it was, a little. Yeah. Every time you shot. I flicked it up. I I loved it.
1: So they had they had those last night, but these things have like the Mile High City design on the court. The the hoop mm. moves oh electronically gosh. and Whoa. keeps your score for you. Wow. And here's the kicker, boys. They gave us one. Hey. So now we have one of those for the office. <laughs> the which most
3: popular thing in the office.
1: We are for sure going to have tournaments.
0: They need to sell these.
1: They're incredible. If you go look at our Twitter from last night, you'll see pictures of it. Like the, the, It looks like a real court, the design on there. It's pretty cool.
0: I, I got to find a way to buy one of these. And I, Honestly, my daughter, because she loves little games like that, she would love it. Like I, may, I may try to, to buy one for her birthday or something like that. That's...
1: Shout out to Henry Chisholm yeah. who That's had the, uh, the DNVR record last night. He put <laughs> up a 52 piece, which is really impressive. <laughs> Damn. Really impressive. Like I think my best score was like 36. Seems in how long? A minute. Wow. Yeah, he was getting buckets. The last 15 seconds are worth three. So. Okay. Twos and threes, but yeah, it's it's fun. Very fun. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to Breck Brew, and make sure you check out the Mile High City Copper Lager. It, it It's a great beer. Damn good beer, you might say.
3: And one place you may be able to get that in the near future is Bojo's, where we know you can get Breck Brews, and you can get the Colorado Mountain Pie. In fact, it's the only place you can get the Colorado Mountain Pie. And, guys, this pizza is so delicious. If you're hungry, there's no better place to go for locals. And if you're just coming into town, they have five front range locations. I hit up one a couple weeks ago, going up to the mountains in Idaho Springs. It is delicious pizza. And when you're there, mention DNVR for a free honey cheese bread. That sounds just about perfect. And You can put some locally sourced honey on top of that, that they have at every table. This is damn good pizza that you can have with the damn good beer. So make sure to mention DNVR when you're there for that free honey cheese bread and check them out at Bojo's, B E A U J O S
1: dot com. All right, let's move along here and speak to the good folks who support this company so uh, valiantly. We appreciate you guys so much. And the first question comes in from Mr. Freeze. He said, I've got some food talk, sort of. Okay, if you're going to fold a piece of paper into four parts, which fold do you make first, hamburger or hot dog? Got into a lengthy discussion at work with a woman who insists on folding hot dog as her first fold, and I can't convince her she's wrong. P.S., if there are any of you three who fold hot dog first, I would have to put my money on it no. being sad. Exact- okay, I'm sorry.
0: Exciting? you got to explain this to me. It's like... Is the hot dog fold meaning you fold it vertically? Yes. First, oh, like, I'm. So it's a hot dog now.
1: Yeah, you I would have said vertical. I I, I I always hot dog better than vertical. Always
0: fold it vertically first. You're always. you're
1: making a four part, not just a two part here.
0: Yes, I know. I always I always start with that and then up.
1: But now all of the things aren't like. Now you've got these long things instead of, like, nice boxy ones. What long thing? I, I, what I mean? understand what you're saying. Yeah. It, it so looks... your quadrants are, like, long rectangles instead of, like, more square-like shapes. Okay, with that. When
3: I initially thought of this, the first thing was hot dog. So you called it right, Mr. Freeze. But when, when I think more about it, I think I would do hamburger.
1: It's, I get the, – the real question is here is what are you – you, what do you need these quadrants for? You need them to put hot dogs or hamburgers in. <laughs> to draw? <laughs> I think you need the, the more uh, evenly shaped uh, sides here. So I would for sure go hamburger. Uh, unless, like, you know, you need to but fold we're talking it to about, like, inside something. We're right? talking you about an
0: need... eight and a half by a eleven and a half inch sheet of paper, right? Yes. Doesn't it all come out the same in the it end? It does come
1: out the same, but <laughs> they're turned on their side, which gives you more space.
3: The Big Tabowski says, I totally don't understand this question. I'm,
0: I'm kind of with the, again, y'all, you all end up in the same spot.
1: Right. Well, uh, yeah, if you turn it to the side, maybe. But the, the thing is, like, if you fold hot dog first, you're getting tall, tall columns. If you fold it hamburger first, you're getting wide columns. And then we live in a left to right world. So you need that left-to-right space.
0: <laughs> uh, sure. I'm gonna, we're going to need to do this at some point. All right. My mind is kind of blown. My
1: up. mind's just stuck on mm. hot dogs right now. Mm, yummy. Yeah. From Swedish Bronco, people have to be more pragmatic. Just due to the reasonable projection of Mahomes' world domination doesn't mean you have to love it. We will get the bowls. Chiefs will get the AFC West. <laughs> That's
3: how you have to look at it. That's what I've been saying, too. And I'm sorry that you guys don't like it.
1: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Swedish Bronco. Also, Mahomes Unrelated, your feed doesn't seem to contain podcasts older than about a year. Is there a glorious database somewhere where you have to, where you have them? I'd love to catch up on a few older podcasts about a year ago. I was catching up on the preseason, uh, oh, about a year ago, I was catching up on the preseason quarterback battle of Paxton and Simeon, but about halfway into camp, I updated my phone and lost the RSS feed. I was using, uh, and all older pods disappeared. I listen to podcasts about eight to nine hours a day on one point six speed so I've got a few hours to kill and old archives is just a fantastic source of info. Hope you can help. Hashtag team Zach What do I'm we happy. sound
0: like at one point six speed? I mean probably that's not quite chipmunks level, but
3: oh we've listened to ourselves chip- chipmunks level though. Yep. It's
1: way funnier at half speed. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: I think you all sound drunk. Yes, exactly. It's, it's incredible.
1: <laughs> um, here's the thing. <laughs> Drink,
3: drink. Uh, <laughs> iTunes
1: and this is a, this is like a first podcast problem. <laughs> iTunes only lets you have the most recent 300 podcasts. Oh my gosh. And we do about 300 podcasts <laughs> a year, so um, we lose anything behind that. But it's all stored on the website, so you can just go into the DNVR Broncos podcast webpage and scroll back. I mean, it goes on forever. Mm-hmm. So you can um, really get deep into it.
3: I'm hashtag Team Swedish Meatball. Okay. Or Swedish Bronco. I Sorry. was going to say. <laughs> I was thinking of IKEA. Next one coming in from Ubeni Lava. Hey y'all, a couple things here. One. With the whole Mahomes debate, I think one of the more important aspects is the eye test. You can point to projections and stats and justifiably call Mahomes a future Hall of Famer, which I think he will be. Not saying that you said that, Zach. No, he will be. But you can tell by opening your eyes and watching the kid. He is truly something special and we will be a dominating force in the AFC West. So yes, I agree with Zach in the great debate. That doesn't make me a Chiefs fan nor Zach a Chiefs fan. That take is absurd. You know what?
1: I don't, you think, again, I don't think Lava. RK
0: and I are saying that Mahomes isn't going to be special.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the problem that's in the, these yeah, debates yeah. that we always have. They The actual uh, crux of the debate always gets lost. I, I, I do got to say, I love the
3: debate, though. It was entertaining to the bitter end, and I like how invested and passionate you all were. There was definitely a little pepper in everyone's voice after that, and I got to agree with Ubeni Lava. Ryan, I totally disagree with you. I went back and listened after you said it wasn't as good as you thought. I loved it. I loved the debate. I,
1: It just felt like we were going in circles. I loved well, it. Well,
0: the thing about it is all of us are pretty We're passionate, but we're also pretty confident in what we feel we know about this game. And so there's not a lot of budging. Yeah. The three of us can both be intractable. Old school people, remember like uh, Siskel and Ebert, they would review movies and they would get in these heated debates and I remember watching that when I was a kid and I I sense, you know, elements of that when we all debate something. Yeah. And each of us wants to convince the others of the error of their ways, Mm -hmm. but we're also dug in and we've spent a lot of time coming to our conclusions that it's, Like moving a boulder.
1: Yep. And the funny thing is, we're more malleable than the average person in 2020. (laughs) (laughs) It's
3: true. Two, one of the movies that made me cry was Homeward Bound. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When Shadow falls into that muddy pit and can't make it back up, gets me every time, especially when he tells Chance to go on without him and he's just too old. On a related topic, my condolences to you and your family, Mace. It's never easy losing a beloved pet. They make us into the best versions of ourselves and are proof that our pure, unequivocal love exists. Thank
0: you very much much i appreciate that actually kind of the hardest thing about this week has been when i've left the house and come down here to record this with you guys and do other stuff and my dog does not want me to leave my surviving dog rupert because he's alone for the first time because he's always had george around so it's as soon as we're done with this i'll, I'll go back home and uh Give
1: him some love because you – know, yeah, I would tell a similar story, but I will cry if I do. So Three for
3: Mr. B. Four, obligatory football question. What is your opinion of Josh Jones at 15? Same question with T. Higgins. I get the argument that Higgins is too similar to Sutton, but is that really such a drawback? I think he's a stud, and we can find another speedy slot type in the third round. Love, y'all.
0: I think they're both reaches. That's ex- Josh Jones especially. I've, I've got him going, I think, uh, 27th. In my mock, I think if if Josh Jones is your guy, try trade, a trade down. Yep. that's or how trade, I feel about Or Baltimore. trade back in.
1: <laughs> you have the more uh, realistic view. Just trade down. I'm I'm more of the trade back <laughs> in. <laughs> I,
0: I don't mind loading up on day two picks, though. So I would take it. If Josh Jones is your guy, I wouldn't mind trading down five to eight picks and then saying, "Okay, let's get another second. Let's keep loading up. This team has a lot of holes to Can fill." Can you
1: imagine what our day three of the draft will look like when the Broncos draft seven players in the second and third rounds?
0: Oh, What will happen on, if, if they do that, what what day three will look like is they're going to be consolidating. They'll be taking three seventh-round picks and moving up for like a sixth. They're going to be Please. doing a lot Please. of
3: that. Please. Someone, someone sent us on Twitter their, uh, their mock draft, and not only did they have the Broncos have 12 picks like they're s- supposed to have, But they traded their first round, the Broncos' first round pick, for like three or four mid-round picks. There were seriously 15 picks in there. Save me. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. That's actually not good because 15 rookies are not making this team. So why why would you lose all that value? And so I think you can't have 12 picks because then you're picking
1: guys that just won't make the team. I would say no more than nine. That's the most, I think. I
0: think they end up with ten.
1: And so, two don't make the team?
0: Or I think they trade. They make day two, day three trades, and they
1: end up with ten picks. Or just no undrafted guys have a shot after that. Right. Like, don't even answer the phone if the Broncos (laughs) call. Uh, The next one here is from Oklahoma Bronco 58 I think we need to start calling Zach Chicken Little. He's not living in a world of reality. He's living in a world where the sky is falling around him. Patrick Mahomes is great, without question. I guess we need to hand him every MVP in Super Bowl for the next 10 years. See what I mean about the crux of the argument getting lost.
3: Really quick, if Patrick Mahomes win the
1: Super Bowl, he's on pace for an MVP every other year and a Super Bowl every other year. Yeah, pace is a funny thing. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at Andy Reid's coaching history in Philly. They went to four straight NFC championships and won Super Bowl and lost it. After that, they kept getting bounced in the divisional round or wild card for years until he was fired. Yes, the Chiefs would be good as long as Pat is there, but good grief, no quarterback, not Montana, Elway, Manning, Brady, or even Mahomes can overcome subpar talent around them, which inevitably always comes once the quarterback gets paid. Look at him at Texas Tech. He was great and padded the stats every week, but he couldn't even get above a 7-5 and five record during his time there. Yes, I know it's college, but talent around the quarterback is equally as important as the QB himself, and to project the doomsday scenario is very naive. Dynasties don't automatically replace dynasties, and in this case the NFL will more than likely go a length of time without a true dynasty when the Patriots dynasty fades.
3: Just as much as you're saying dynasties don't replace dynasties, so one's not going to happen, it... A, who knows? A dynasty could absolutely replace it. So using that logic works both ways. Um, and who who was uh, Andy Reid's quarterback then? I'll Donovan take, McNabb. Yeah, I'll take Patrick Mahomes 10 times out of 10. There's
0: another thing also. You talk about not overcoming subpar talent around them, maybe not to win the Super Bowl, but I think Peyton Manning, there were some years where the roster was pretty hollow, but from 2 onward except for the year that he missed the entire season he never missed the playoffs and his team never failed to win at least 10 games so yeah and i, I think also, they, overca- they overcame a heck of a lot
3: i absolutely hate looking at college and seeing how that's going to project for a guy oh, uh, gosh. texas texas defense was awful and that had nothing to do with a salary cap or anything like that but but one thing that this question brings which is kind of a, a new thing would you guys rather have a great quarterback and not much talent around him, or a not very good quarterback and a lot of talent around him in the NFL right now?
0: I'd rather have the great quarterback because the great quarterback can elevate the rest of it to be at least competitive.
3: Ryan? What was the question? Would you rather have a great quarterback and not that much talent around him or not a very good quarterback and a lot of talent around him in the NFL right now?
1: Uh, the quarterback. But Me it's, too. It's not that— um... Separated. No, both uh, things no, end just, up probably. It was both, just a question. Yeah, yeah, both roads end up usually in the same place, which is make the playoffs and don't go that far.
0: And the playoffs are basically random outcomes anyway, statistically speaking.
1: See that, and I think that is, and I don't don't want to try and uh, restoke this fire, but I think that is what um, is uh, irking me the most here. Is the best part about sports is that is that it's unpredictable. Yeah, and so w- when we act like the next decade is predictable, we lose the best part of sports. Well, you have to project, though. That's, you don't that's have to project what, decades at a time.
3: Well, not decades. I mean, the foreseeable future. And the foreseeable future has Patrick Mahomes here for the next 10 years. And
1: I'm, what I'm saying is I'm leaning on the fact that a ton of crazy stuff is going to happen between now and then.
3: Okay. I think the craziest thing is... Not crazy at all. It's Patrick Mahomes well, is going to be very good.
0: I mean, we can say, yes, are, are the Chiefs the favorite to be the dominant team in the AFC West for the next decade? Yep. Yes. Does not mean that they will be a—and does, and just because they have a Hall of Fame potential quarterback in their midst doesn't mean that you can't have a strong and robust challenge. Just, you know, Pittsburgh has had Ben Roethlisberger since '04. He's going to the Hall of Fame, correct? Yeah. They've won a couple of Super Bowls. They've been to another, right? Yep. And Baltimore has been right there step-for-step step with them yeah. most of the time.
3: Without a doubt. Now, answer me this. Ben Roethlisberger in his prime or what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes the past two years, which probably isn't his prime? The better question is – No, 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 no. That, that, that's the question. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. No, no, no. say, well, Do you agree? Obviously,
0: Mahomes. Well, then,
3: then, then there you go. No, I mean, That's not the actual
0: yes, question. Yes, yes. It's it, not the whole fit, but that's not the whole picture. Well, oh God, you, you just we
3: you just said that.
1: The question is how big is the gap – between what Ben Roethlisberger was and what the Ravens were working with, Joe Flacco, or Patrick Mahomes and Drew Locke? And that one we can't really answer yet. But that will be the answer to this question in the end.
0: And I think the Broncos, with what they're building, are capable of being that strong challenger that that takes some games, that takes some division titles, that even wins a Super Bowl. Yep, and again, I, I've never I think said the Broncos anything ma-
3: about a playoff success with this. I think
0: the Broncos make the playoffs at least four times this decade, maybe more.
3: Yeah, and that does not disagree with my argument. I said the Broncos make the playoffs mm. this year. Yep. Next Anyways. one coming in from anyway, Pastor, Pastor Rhett. I'm going to leave a long comment, and I'm going to own it. But he does give a bloof, so do we just give the, the the bloof? We're projecting the Chiefs, not Mahomes. The whole Mahomes gate is off the rails, rhetorically speaking. The matter in question— was not, is Patrick Mahomes probably going to be the GOAT? Because obviously he's got a legit shot at that. The matter in question it was, can we pencil in the Chiefs as AFC West champs for the next 10 years based solely off the specter of Mahomes? I believe the true argument is around how much a quarterback can carry a franchise with aid from coaching, ownership, defense, and weapons. There are several examples of great quarterbacks elevating teams, but I can't think of a year when a quarterback dragged his team to a Super Bowl and through the playoffs and won a Super Bowl without good or great pieces around them. Oddly enough, the closest thing We've seen to this phenomenon is Elway in the eighties or Aaron Rodgers in 2010, despite or winning a Lombardi, despite Mike McCarthy's joke offense, because Aaron Rodgers really is a good quarterback In conclusion. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: whoa. you didn't read that properly. Because, because, because
3: Aaron Rodgers is a really, really great quarterback.
1: Thank I read you. Read it properly there, Mace, because that's how he said I, it. I yes. wasn't looking, but I was really glad to see that you moved the microphone away from your <laughs> face. In
3: conclusion, no, Mahomes alone will not make the Chiefs a ubiquitous juggernaut, but all Casey has to do to be is be good, and Mahomes will make them great. Denver must be great to win anything for the next 10 Again, years.
0: Again, Kansas City has the highest floor in the AFC West because of Patrick Mahomes. And realistically— if everything goes wrong for the Chiefs and Mahomes is their quarterback, what is the worst record they have? Eight and eight. Yeah. Yep. That's their floor. The floor for everybody else is lower, so they're starting at a higher level. Doesn't mean you can't approach them. Doesn't mean you can't knock them off. But they're and just starting no, at a
1: higher hard. floor.
3: And I'm not. I've never once said that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will win every division title. Mm-hmm in the next 10 years. We know, we know. Wait, DJs. wait, no, no, no. I, I, I don't know if it was this comment, but when I was reading them, it, it sparked me of something. The uh, Chiefs, once they pay Patrick Mahomes, and let's say he doesn't take a discount. Let's say he takes $40 million. They're not going to be Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of D-League college players. They still have $160 million well, to spend. So when people... Wait, Mace. When people say that, you know, oh, well, Tyreek Hill's gone, Travis Kelsey's gone. No, you're going to be able to keep a couple other superstars and still put a team but around them. So that's not uh, a fair party argument, which you guys haven't said.
2: You but, have but, to but pick and m- choose. Mace, Mace,
3: wait a second. But what people have said is, you know, what happens when he loses weapons? Well, the Chiefs have done a good job drafting. That's how they have Tyreek Hill. That's how they have Travis Kelsey. So I'm not just going to say that they end up can't draft anymore, and you're going to be able to keep – if it, and, yes, you're going to have to be able to pick and choose. But I saw last year that Patrick Mahomes was very close to a Super Bowl. How about that, Ryan? Well, Not just one play away. Very close to a Super Bowl and was an MVP when he had a terrible defense. So I've already seen what happens when he doesn't have a fantastic supporting cast.
0: One thing about his numbers in 2018 was that he, had the, he put up ungodly numbers in part because of that terrible defense. He had to kind of keep scoring, keep pushing, keep pushing. They've had different tactics, especially as, as as the season wound into the last two months, as their defense improved. He didn't have to do quite as much. They could kind of they could build a lead and kind of protect it a little bit. One thing that Pastor Rhett mentioned, he talks about care, a QB carrying a franchise without aid from coaching slash ownership slash defense slash weapons. You're unless you are truly incompetent you're going to have at least a couple of those in your favor. Like, for example, let's just take Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Ownership, Jim Merce can be a bit crazy, but kept he was able to kind of empower his football people. Coaching, well, Manning got a bunch of years with Tony Dung. who's in the Hall of Fame right now and took Tampa Bay from nothing to relevance pretty quickly. Defense, weapons, they didn't have... Now, the Colts' problem was depth, but remember... They had a lot of other stars, okay? They had Dwight Freeney. They had Robert Mathis. They had Marvin Harrison. They had Reggie Wayne. Dollar. So, yeah. They so what happens with some of these teams is it's not that they don't have the stars, it's that they don't have the depth behind them. They don't have, they end up not having a lot of those two to three million dollar a year players that are on their kind of second and third contracts that are filling specific roles and then if they miss in the draft it compromises their depth if if something gets the Chiefs over the next few years it'll be that
1: here's one thing that I want to add to the um, idea that the Chiefs defense was terrible last year it wasn't good one thing they did have really uh, a lot of was pass rush, and that can cover up for a lot of deficiencies on a defense. And it's also I mean, what you need. They led the league in sacks.
0: And it's also what you need when you're playing it's, from ahead, too. Right. Pass for rush. For sure, for sure. And but, so I mean, Chris that,
1: Jones though. and D and Ford and um, Justin Houston were eaten. And so I'm just saying it's not as if they were devoid of stars on their defense. I too. mean, the
3: most important thing is giving up points, and they were, they were bad at that. And you can build a defense like that. You can say, fine, we don't want a lot of good things on defense, but we want good pass rushers, and you can afford that.
1: All right, from DJC15, I apologize for misspelling your name, Zach. I didn't notice that I add the H. That autocorrect added the H after. Oh, I'm just totally uh, playing. Zach. I don't know your name. Uh, two, do you see possible division realignment happening anytime soon with a new CBA? No. Anyone else? No.
0: Only if they unexpectedly expand. Yeah, they're not. But I don't think they will. I think if they ever do expand, it would be over the course of a few years to 36, and then you'd go back. You'd have six divisions of six each. But I don't see that happening in the near future.
1: Three still rocking an undefeated record as a basketball coach, and four and zero beginning beginning to send in applications for football coaching uh, positions for private schools. Hey, Congrats.
3: congrats! That is awesome. Next one coming in from The Real Links. Hey guys, heard the discussion about the guy who want, who only played once in high school. I am too a Seventh Day Adventist and feel I should say something about the story from an Adventist point of view. While I'm not a regular Adventist and I don't always agree with some of the decisions people in the church make, such as justification for not allowing your child to play organized sports being that a particular activity is evil on a certain day, I do think that keeping a Sabbath is important. In most Protestant churches, Sabbath is kept from sun up to sun down on Sunday for most churches. But in the Adventist church, it is sundown to sundown Friday evening to Saturday evening. This is a reason I never watch college football unless it's Saturday night. When you're raised in this experience, it's very different. So while I don't agree entirely with that way of thinking, I think it should be said she was only trying to teach him to be dedicated to keeping a Sabbath, similarly to how parents teach their kids to dedicate certain times of day to homework or chores or even family activities. I know you guys don't like to get into religion on this podcast, so I don't expect you would make a comment on this, but I'm interested to hear what you might have to say. Thanks for the great pod as always, and for having and building a positive and diverse community. Links.
1: First of all, I don't think we were ever disagreeing no. with her decision to do that. And, um, and
3: if it came across like that, well, I certainly didn't mean that at all. I don't
1: think he thought that either. I think he would come in tomorrow and say that too. But uh, I think it's, you know, everyone raises their children in different ways and everyone has their own way of thinking. And obviously religion plays a big part in that. And if that's what she believed in, uh, I don't really take issue with it. As we've seen it, it everything turned out all right for him, you know, it and did, he's a great kid on top of it all.
0: But it doesn't, maybe it doesn't always turn out all right. I, I Honestly, I mean, I, I get where people come from with religion everyone has their own beliefs, but I feel like it was almost denying him a, an opportunity. I mean, I'm glad he was able to overcome that. But, I mean, what if he hadn't been able to? What if Yeah, and I mean, he, he, was, what if he hadn't had the Juco opportunity? I think that's, I mean, it's a blessing, but uh, what if he'd not had that and we, and we wouldn't have known what kind of player Davian Taylor could have been?
1: Yep, but maybe he would have gone on to be successful in something else in life, and that's just, maybe. you know, the way that uh, the world works.
0: Mark IT Snatch. Hey, guys, I don't have any football questions slash comments today, but... Green chili. Pueblo and Hatch chilies are actually a variety called Mirasol chilies, which translates to looking to the sun from Spanish because they grow with the bottom facing up and the stem down. So, Big Topowski, look for Mirasol chilies. Having lived in both Pueblo and New Mexico, I can testify that Pueblo grows better, more flavorful chilies. But Hatch's notoriety stems from the sheer volume they grow over a year. It's much easier abroad to get them from Hatch Valley than from Pueblo. So what do you prefer, quality or quantity? I'll take quality every time, which is why we listen to this podcast. It's the best local take on our dear Broncos. As far as how I enjoy it, the best way is in a large bowl with an open-faced cheeseburger submerged in the middle, the Slopper. It's Pueblo's local twist on bur- on burgers. <laughs> Although I would argue that we on this podcast are quality and, and quantity, quantity because I mean, we're doing this five I
1: mean, days a week. Yes. We're definitely, uh, <laughs> no one else is competing with us in terms of volume. The
3: bang for your buck is pretty tremendous.
1: <laughs> That's the one thing that I can certainly say that <laughs> there's no one that can compete with us in volume, but quality is up to the beholder.
3: And we hope you choose us. Yes. <laughs> but that, yeah,
0: that burger is amazing. And actually I, I've in, they have the green chili cheese burgers in New Mexico as well. And, uh, to the point where the Rockies AAA affiliate down in Albuquerque will sometimes rebrand themselves as the Green Chili Cheeseburgers (laughs) and do uniforms and hats and all sorts of things. That's
3: amazing.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) From Crash, showing my football ignorance here from the money side. What is the difference in a regular free agent and a restricted free agent? Also, is the salary cap based on the 53-man roster or the entire team?
0: Okay, the salary cap, it's based on the entire team during the regular season. In the offseason, it's only based on the top 51 salaries that you have. That's actually going to kick in here right after the Super Bowl once you start signing those reserve future guys. So the regular free agent, restricted free agent. Well, the regular free agent, unrestricted, just means they can sign anywhere. When they're restricted, you you give them a contract offer, and the value of the offer determines what the compensation would be if they signed somewhere else, so like for example, it came up with C.J. Anderson a few years ago. The Broncos gave him a relatively low offer as a restricted free agent, and thus the 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 the, the compensation uh, would have been non-existent because it was viewed as an undrafted level tender. You can give various tenders for the various rounds of the draft, thus. He was restricted, but the Broncos would have gotten nothing in compensation. The restricted part comes in where C.J. Anderson negotiates with another team, gets a contract with Miami, but then you have seven days to match that. So you can keep him, and the Broncos chose to match that and retain C.J. Anderson. So the restricted part not only involves the compensation, but also having seven days to match the offer given to the player
1: by the other team. To put this in simple terms, you don't lose a restricted free agent if you want them.
3: Exactly. Um, if you uh, there's three different tags you can put. Um, kind of just a, a low round, which is what Mace is saying the Broncos did with C.J. Anderson, where you don't get anything in return if he leaves. Uh, that costs like a million dollars. A second round tender means that if another team signs that player and you don't match it, then they have to give you a second round pick in order for them to sign him. That costs the team about two and a half million dollars if he stays. And a first round tender, you know, just over three million dollars. So in reality. <laughs> If you have a really good player, put a first-round tender on him. It's going to cost you $3, 3500000 million, dollars, way cheaper than you would pay him if he was an unrestricted guy. And you're a restricted free agent, then you're an unrestricted free agent. So the right. team doesn't choose that. And
0: it's going to come up next year unless they get contracts done with Alexander Johnson and Philip Lindsay. Both would be restricted free agents.
1: Which really isn't that big of a deal. Um, from world to suck, and he uses a term in here that I absolutely love and I'm holding on to. Says Zach, you're my guy. You're the dude to hold DNVR Broncos together. Your infamous giggle brightens my day. Your calm, cool, and collected attitude is the foundation of the trio. You're my number one favorite on the pod. I even agree with you that Aaron Rodgers is wildly overrated. Hey,
3: I love all this so far. Can
1: you hear my eyes rolling? You've put that all in jeopardy. You're dangling a Mahomes red scare over the heads of an audience that bleeds orange and blue. While saying that you're just living in a world of reality. Zach, that's not a world of reality. That's a world of suck. (laughs) The thing is, we just escaped the world of suck, and we're not going back. Remember, Zach, you're my favorite. Please don't ruin that. Because if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl on Sunday, and you have the audacity to come on this pod on Monday and tell Broncos country, I told you so, and I'm just living in a world in reality, and open your eyes, then, Zach, it's over between us forever. No going back. You'll be dead to me the choice is yours.
3: Look, I don't want to rub this in. I just I just no, I I oh, have no. to say how I feel and this is how I feel. Should, should I lie to you guys and say, "Yeah, Patrick Mahomes isn't that good." And even if he is this good, the Broncos are still going to win 7 out of 10. Do you guys want that? Do you guys want to just hear uh only good Broncos? Look, we for the first time in how many decades? We're looking at a Broncos team that's lost back to back to back seasons. Do you not want reality? Well, exactly. there, was
0: a, there was a Missourian, appropriate for Kansas City, Cheryl Crow, who once sang, Lie to me, I promise I'll believe. Uh,
3: uh, so, th- so that's what this should be. <laughs> no, it no, should, no, no, It no, should no. only be uh, looking at positives for the Broncos.
1: I think where, where you're a little bit wrong here is that you are rubbing it in. How? Because you just keep going back and hammering and hammering. And I hammering. do,
3: or it keeps getting brought up, and I'm not, I'm not just going to get pushed over.
1: Hold on. This is like if you have your girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and she puts on something and says, Hey, Zach, how do I look? And in your mind, you're like, what the hell is she wearing? Now, you would be lying to say you look great. You might say, oh, I thought you were going to wear that red thing that that we both love. Then you're not in trouble. Or you could say, babe, you look fat in that dress. (laughs) <laughs> now you're in trouble you're telling the broncos fans that they look fat in that dress no i'm not i'm just telling you that's the perspective of them
3: and so you guys don't want to hear the truth
1: no they want they, they want you can them they want softballs so they, can, they want
3: you, what you guys are doing and just give them softballs and, and not looking at what's happened
1: you can say your opinion without being so so uh harsh about it but when people are coming and attacking and i'm just supposed to roll over no, you're just supposed to say,
3: okay. I'm just supposed to say. That's
1: your uh, opinion. That's rolling over. That's L- not. Yeah, that, that's rolling over. It's fun when we have the debate. All right. Uh, look, listen, you could do whatever you want. I'm just telling you that's the perspective of the fans.
3: But, no, I, I, think, I think what that would be doing, rubbing it in, is coming on the pod on Monday after the Chiefs win and, and saying all of that when, actually, my argument has nothing to do with Sunday. What happens on Sunday doesn't change my argument. So I'm sure if the Chiefs lose, a bunch of people are going to say, look how wrong you are, Zach. No, I've said nothing about playoff success. Now, if he does get the Super Bowl, then it makes it even more daunting in terms of what he can do because then we can't say Dan Marino comparisons because Dan Marino didn't win one. So if Patrick Mahomes wins that, then he's above Dan Marino already. But, um, guys, I've also said the Broncos are making the playoffs this year. I think this is going to be a really good division. Especially if Tom Brady comes to this division, it doesn't. It, it's not one thing or the other here. It's not the Chiefs are great and the Broncos are in a world of suck. It's the Chiefs are going to be really darn good, and you know what? The Broncos can be really darn good as well. And I think the very first time we had this conversation, I said something was said earlier in this podcast. The Chiefs are probably going to win more divisions than any, or more division titles than anyone else in this
1: in this next decade. I give the the Broncos the Super Bowls. All right. I understand your perspective. I'm just trying to share with you how the other people feel. Anyways, he goes on. P.S. Remember Alex Smith? He's a league average QB who lost his job to Colin Kaepernick. That dude nearly won an MVP in Andy Reid's offense and with his core of weapons. Pump the brakes on Mahomes. He's not in a tier of his own. His weapons are. He's elite, but we won't know how good he is until he's asked to do it with a normal receiving core. You guys
3: think Mahomes is in a tier of his own?
1: He's different. Like he's looked better than you can
0: name the quarterbacks: Alex Smith, uh, Donovan McNabb, even Michael Vick. In the early part of this decade, and Patrick Mahomes, under Andy Reid, looks better than all of them.
3: But not clearly. Is he in a league of his own in in the NFL right now? Um,
1: yes, because of the conditions that he plays in.
3: But no, I asked both of you earlier this week take any quarterback for not for for whatever system you want to build and you both easily said Patrick Mahomes and I did as well. And I think that 95% sa- of people would do that and I think that shows he's in a tier of his
1: own. Right, but there's no guarantee that it would work out that way. It's just what you would it's just what we but believe we, based off of what we've seen. Of course, that's yeah.
3: what you have to go off.
1: For sure. All I'm saying is that the reason that he looks so much better than everyone else in my opinion is because he has a incredible combination of personal talent talent that he's working with and coaching talent that's why you're seeing this perfect storm of someone who looks unstoppable at this point point. and the truth is and this will probably be the most negative thing I've said about this all along he there's no guarantee that his receiving core is ever going to get worse they can very easily just say, we're going to hold these guys together. That's something they can possibly do. But the rest of the team will suffer, and we'll see what happens to that. But I'm not going to sit here and say, well, let's wait what happens to see when his receiving core gets diminished because I think the Chiefs could very easily say, we're never, taking a, we're never breaking up Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill, and we'll pay the price for the rest. And
0: there's another thing. What is, I think Kelsey is a unique talent, but what is the easiest position to find out of the draft year after year? and project based on college production. Wide receiver. Exactly.
1: But, uh, yeah, I, I I mean, the one thing that you can lean on maybe is, is, Ty, is Travis Kelsey eventually going to lose a step? And but that if, could be a thing. If
0: he loses a step, I think he ends up looking like Jason Witten in his 30s. Where, okay, he's slower than he was before, but the, the gift that Kelsey has is the ability to read coverages and find the gaps in zones. And as a result, he's not going to have as many explosive plays. But I think he's going to be just as effective short to intermediate, and he's still going to be a problem.
3: And also, if and when Andy Reid moves on from Patrick Mahomes, why in the world would the Chiefs go out and say, yeah, let's hire Rich Gangarello, run a totally different offense? That would make no sense. They're going to get a guy who's going to run a similar offense. Maybe he's not as good as Andy Reid. Maybe it doesn't matter because Mahomes does a Peyton Manning and says, no, look. You can be the offensive coordinator, get paid. I know this system. We're going to run this. I don't think they're going to put Patrick Mahomes in a system to fail.
1: No, they won't. Next uh, next one here. Count Lock Comes in from the Denver Rubber Company. Oh. Who tells whoa, you whoa. We are tried and true since 1972, and you should use us for any of your long-term projects involving rubber, whether it's custom hoses, uh, custom die-cut gaskets, whether you're trying to pre-slot rubber for your snow plows which we got a little bit of yesterday but not enough to plow because it's already nice and warm and melting it away in beautiful colorado fashion but eventually we're going to get hit with another storm so if you need any of that snow plow rubber make sure you hit up the denver rubber company at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr
0: now on to our friend count locula three things Number one, Robert Smith from the Cure was rumored to buy the Broncos, but his lyric "Sunday always comes too late" and "Friday, I'm in love" was too confusing for NFL owners.
1: I understand that reference, seventy-five percent. I don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the song like goes through the days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, also, how the hell did Martha Stewart go to prison for things and iota as detrimental to our country as government officials do on a daily basis? I'm confused. Nib-high football rules
1: loves the count. Do you understand that reference? Yes, I do. All oh, right. Nib-high? Yeah, Nib-high no, football guess, rules. Oh, no. Come on, Billy Madison? I just didn't get the reference. I've seen it, huh. yeah. So, yeah. It's one of the most classic lines in yeah. the movie. <laughs> not um, quite as classic as O'Doilwell Definitely rules. not getting into Martha Stewart. On this <laughs> well, ball. Martha Stewart
0: was on Radio Row at the Super Bowl this week.
1: Yeah, that's one of my least favorite things about Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Is Martha Stewart herself? If Martha Stewart personally called me right now and said can i be on your podcast tomorrow i would say no (laughs) and one
0: thing i'll say is just because other people are not punished as they should be does not mean that martha stewart should not have been punished
1: for sure yeah that's that's that's, that's like a weird eye for an eye type of thing or i don't know uh next one here is from the donkey says ryan strawberry rhubarb pie is the right answer probably my favorite take of this decade Mace, I feel like we and the listeners, and everyone, uh, uh, we the listeners and everyone at DNVR, are so lucky to have you aboard. It's not always easy to add a third voice to an established duo, but I think you are a wonderful addition, and look forward to hearing your thoughts on yet another crucial and critical off season. Thank live you. Live long and prosper.
0: And I am doing the Vulcan salute in response to your live long and prosper for you, Donkey.
1: Appreciate it. That's better than the vulgar salute. <laughs> Zach, I just I don't know where to start. <laughs> Ice cream cake? Oh, yes. I don't like to yuck at another's yum, so I will leave that there. Wait, I...
3: how? Do you guys think ice cream cake
1: is gross? No, it's I think it's good. I just don't think thing. it's as
0: good as carrot cake or blueberry pie.
1: Why is it oh, trying to be goodness. something else? It's just, can't, it, can't I just have ice cream and cake? No, have you, have you ever had ice cream cake? Yeah.
3: Like where it's just ice cream? It's ice cream? Yeah. Oh, man. No one's saying get, this
1: isn't delicious. Hold on. But, 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 <laughs> but it's,
3: not, it's not just ice cream, or else I'd ju- just be having a bowl of ice cream. Yeah, it's like it's, a layer. You get the, uh, the Oreos that are ground up
1: with butter as your crust. So delicious. Okay, this is a very specific ice cream cake you're it is. It's about one, here. It's
3: one my mom makes, or Dairy Queen. I worked at Dairy Queen. Shout out Dairy Queen. I uh, love Dairy Queen's ice cream
1: cakes, too. Uh, real quick, Georgia Mud Fudge Blizzard over everything. Boy, I don't know if I ever had one. Of those. probably the least ordered on, thing on the menu, yes. though. I know what you're talking about. I think they might have even taken it off the menu. It's the like only secret menu now. Yeah.
0: I had the Harvest Berry Blizzard a few days ago, You like and you that was delicious. I do. I yeah. love it. Like, like you wow.
1: love the blackberry um, thing from Good Times. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs>
0: blackberry frozen custard at Good Times is amazing.
1: It's, it's there right now. I drove by,
0: the by Oregon the Blackberry. Guy. It's there. They it came back.
3: Uh, yeah, it's yep. back. I think they're advertising ads. It's back.
0: Ooh, <laughs> I know where I'm going for dessert today.
1: Um, I like fruit in my desserts, but I, like whenever I'm thinking of dessert, it doesn't come to me. Like, if someone gives me a fruit tart, I'm like, ooh, this is delicious. Um, pie is a little different because most of them have. But, like... Usually when I'm thinking dessert, I'm thinking chocolate and vanilla and yeah. brownies and cookies.
0: So where's Bananas Foster rank? There's fruit on there because of the bananas, but there's also like a lot of other stuff in there.
3: Not high.
0: Really? Yeah. Like, bananas Foster's amazing.
3: For me, a banana split, definitely very good. But I'm like, can I just have some more ice cream instead of the banana <laughs> yeah. right here? Like, like I'll, I'll eat this banana because it's with ice cream. But um, so... Yeah, I think the Georgia Mud Fudge one is one that you couldn't turn upside down. A little too liquidy, if I remember right. Oh. Yeah, because there's some fudge in there. Fudge warms it up.
1: Yep. Yeah. And then you've got little brownie bites. Yep. Little pieces of pecans. (laughs) It's so good. Mm.
3: Uh, So, and and then you put ice cream on top. Then you put a layer of fudge on top of that. (laughs) Then some whipped cream. Now we're talking.
1: Yeah, that's delicious. Um, For me, I'm just like, I would like a slice of pie with some ice cream. If I have... What
0: kind of ice cream?
1: probably just just plain a vanilla good old vanilla okay. vanilla bean vanilla maybe bean. maybe even have the bean in there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah get makes it feel a little not more not french uh,
0: vanilla just vanilla bean
1: vanilla right. bean or yeah. if you're getting real crazy you could get like sweet cream mm. ice cream on the side yeah mm. yeah
3: now we're tied see i can, i just ice cream on anything's good
1: yes it is all right, he goes on and says, I personally love your take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I truly hope it blows up nationally and it's all everyone is talking about. Quote, Chiefs are the next best thing since sliced bread and so forth. The more they are the favorites, the sweeter the Broncos' victory will be when they come up in the clutch. The thing I've learned about competitors is that when a very clear bar is set by one person, the next will do everything to get one inch above yes just look at the dolphins bills (laughs) and Jets. no i'm just kidding patrick has set a very clear bar and i believe drew will do everything to be one inch better i think it's a benefit for drew to compete against the best slice of bread twice a year i hope this turns into a great rivalry and not a constant david versus goliath like you project every uh, either way i look forward to finding out with all of you at dnvr and real quick i'll say this the Buffs would have never won a national championship if it wasn't for Nebraska. So mm. this is a good take. Drew, yeah. Drew's got to love
3: the, this and playing this role. And you know who else does? John Elway. And he hasn't been shy of mentioning the Chiefs in, in, in the past year. He's mentioned how we're going after the Chiefs. We're going after the Chiefs. The Chiefs is what we need to do. He loves that that he has something to, to go after.
0: One yep. thing, though, I think it's a good cautionary tale to mention the AFC East because sometimes what happens is when you're chasing – that top franchise, you get desperate, and you make panic moves, and that leads to mistakes. So it's important for the Broncos. Yeah, you can use the Chiefs as the bar. That's fine. But don't get caught up in in moves out of desperation. And that's why the best hope for the Broncos is Drew Locke flourishing because if he doesn't, that's going to lead to some more desperate moves.
3: Totally agree. Next one coming in from Mile High Hitman. Gents, few thoughts. One, with choosing a failed head coach who is a proven and experienced offensive coordinator over the up-and-coming guy, it reminds me of Broncos picking Woods over Wade. But in reverse, maybe Elway learned something from that mistake. I would hope so. Not a so. bad idea. Two, why would Brady choose AFC West? He knows value of playing in weak division. Why would he choose a division with a tough Denver D and a dominant Mahomes? He would likely be chasing a wild card at best. This is his chance to prove himself without Belichick. Why not take a, pick a team who is already strongest in a weak division? That's a really good point. Who would that be? The Titans, because I don't think the Titans want tight- to move on from it. From, from uh, Tannehill,
0: he might the view Colts? the Colts as a win that as a winnable division.
3: But now you're going into a, a division that had. Two other playoffs. But teams that's and
0: that's what's interesting about the AFC South. It may seem more winnable because okay, you don't have Mahomes in there, but in the AFC South, you you're the Colts and you look around that division at the Jaguars and the Titans and the Texans. You have the Texans that have won the division title more often than not. The Jaguars and the Titans have played for the AFC championship
1: in the last three seasons. I've got the perfect division for him to go to. Who? The AFC East. <laughs> he just goes down to a retirement home in Florida, packs up with the Dolphins, and shows that it doesn't matter what AFC East team he plays for, they're going to dominate. You think that'll happen? Nope. No. <laughs> Three for Mr. B.
3: Four, Brady is good but very overrated. Manning misses a season with Colts, and they lose almost every game. Brady misses multiple games, and Pats still win almost every game with a placement quarterback looking brilliant. The Belichick bump is for real. Manning is the GOAT. And yeah, that that can't be denied.
1: Yeah. And
3: uh, Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. I think there's no doubt about
1: that. This is actually an interesting point, though, to bring up with um, the Chiefs. Mahomes goes out for half a game, and they didn't even miss a beat with Matt Moore.
0: He, they didn't miss a beat against the Broncos, but and they they beat the Vikings, right? Or was he back by the Viking game? I don't remember. But they lost to the Packers with without Patrick Mahomes with Matt Moore. At home, that's a game that's very winnable for them. And I think they likely win with Patrick Mahomes. So while the Chiefs didn't fall all the way back, there was a difference. And if the Chiefs played the season out with Matt Moore, I think they're finishing 9-7, and 10-6, and they're one and done.
3: The uh, Chiefs destroyed the Broncos like you're talking about when he went out. Matt Moore was nothing special. 52% completion, mm-hmm. 117 yards, one touchdown, no picks. I mean that, that was the rest of the team doing it, and then in his next two start or in his two starts of the season, he went one and one.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, from Newman, the great De- Mahomes. Debate Hello, as I Newman. See, the great Mahomes debate, as I see it, Zach says Mahomes is the goat until proven not to be the goat, or innocent until proven guilty. Uh, 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 Mason RK, the precedent of quarterbacks overtimes would show that elite quarterbacks don't have sustainable surroundings to become the goat. What do you guys say? Is that accurate? I'd say so. Um, no,
3: I'm not calling him the goat. I'm just saying what he's shown us so far is something that we haven't seen before, and so
1: I look. But you're at, saying he's on pace to be, which is basically saying innocent until proven guilty.
3: Yeah, and, and I understand how looking at pace is very dangerous. But I also, when I say I'm being realistic, I'm looking. I'm only looking at what I know. For and sure, what I know is. He's incredibly good, maybe on the pace to be the
0: GOAT. Well, let's take a look, though. Let's just look at another position really quickly here, and the first couple of years. Uh, let's take a look at running back, okay? First couple of years of their career.
3: This is going to be a totally different argument. Yes, it is. Just yes, it is, right but there. I'm just
0: saying how you can't uh, necessarily project, right? Eric Dickerson, more yards the first two years of his career than anybody else. By far, by a seven, by nearly a seven hundred yard margin. Is he the greatest running back of all time? No. Hall of Famer? Yes. I'm saying Patrick Mahomes is he's elite, and I think he's he's probably going to be on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Doesn't mean he's the goat.
3: Okay, but also I, the, my whole argument hasn't been that Patrick Mahomes is absolutely the goat. So a sure. little bit different.
1: Um. From The Real Links, I have come up with the food that you can make any time of day that is a breakfast, lunch, or dinner item. I've got one <laughs> word for you. Porridge. What? I can just see the amazed looks on your faces when you realize that I'm right and PBAJ bias has to go out the window. No, even though I think RK will try to shoot this down immediately, I think it's the closest to an all-day food one can have. Catch you on the next pod, my guys. I would totally agree with you, The Real Links, if I had any idea what porridge was. So,
3: I just did a quick Google because I had no idea and... Uh, I'm sorry, the real links. I think this shuts down let let me read the two definitions for you right here. A dish consisting of oatmeal or another meal or cereal boiled in water or milk to me that is like so oatmeal oatmeal well, a very close to oatmeal a hundred percent breakfast
0: and the other thing also porridge is a is a thicker cousin of gruel. You guys read Oliver twist, right?
1: No,
3: not yeah. well enough at I, least <laughs> yeah so I, didn't read it. I want yeah, more right, yeah. he when he
0: says he wants more gruel they. And yeah, you, you can eat porridge or gruel for every meal, but you don't want to. Well, how about this? It, I mean, it seems I like c- something you would get in jail. I could, yes, exactly. <laughs> and Oliver Twist was an orphanage, right? All I could get was all I could get was gruel. Is
2: that
3: where, please, sir? Can I have yes, some more? Yes, exactly.
1: That's where it comes from.
3: <laughs> and the second definition: porridge is a food commonly served eaten as a breakfast yes.
1: cereal dish. Sorry, the real links. Uh. If, I, if we wouldn't have looked up the definition, I would have conceded.
0: <laughs> Uppercut of Justice. Mace, hearing your stories about going from Washington to Tampa Bay fandom had me thinking of my own fandom origin story. Sorry if this goes a little long. I was seven years old. Parents had just split. And I was getting used to sleeping in two different houses, especially since school had just started. One Sunday night, after my mom tucked me in, 8 p.m. bedtime, I could hear the television from downstairs. I was curious. So I tried to make out what was on. No good. I need a better spot. So I creeped out of bed and stuck my ear to the crack in the doorway. Sounded like sports. Suddenly I lost balance my body weight forced the door closed. In a panic I scurried back into bed, hoping the sound went unnoticed. A few minutes seemed to pass before I hear my mother call, Uppercut! Uppercut! It's okay. You can come down. I'm thrilled. I jump out of bed and start my way down the hall toward the stairs. I think all is well until I'm forcibly yanked backwards by my collar into the hall closet. I look up to see my mother through the dark, gripping me tight. Shh, she says. I heard it downstairs, too. That's interesting.
1: I don't. <laughs> I don't
3: either. I feel like we're missing the rest of the story.
0: I think it's just part of, like, he says, maybe less of an origin story and more of a cruel joke for folks who don't like horror movies. My apologies. Love you guys. Uppercut. This is where I'd say. Did you have a little radio that you could, like, a, back in the day, a little so, Walkman or headphone radio you could listen to? I think, Be-
1: the, I think the horror story is that, like, yeah. that wasn't actually happening because mom was scared, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a We've one. traced
0: the call. It, it's coming from inside the house. It was a good
1: story <laughs> and and delivered very well by Mace. That, say, that's yeah, what I'll say. I, I, was, I was entertained. Sounds like a guy who maybe reads stories to his daughters at night. <laughs> Daughter. Um Real quick, I don't know why, but him talking about getting used to sleeping at different houses gave me this weird, nostalgic flashback. My parents were divorced when I was very young. For some reason, when I was very little, when I was sleeping at different houses, I would always dream that I was in the other house. So you'd wake up confused? Yes. Yeah. I would like open my eyes and be like, wait, what? Oh, like I'm <laughs> not, I don't know. That happened like not every time, but it happened to me a lot. Yeah, that's crazy.
3: Next one from the Big Tabowski. Sorry guys, had the day off work, so was drinking, obviously, and was commenting as <laughs> I was listening. Got a bit carried away. To coin a phrase from you delightful Americans, my bad. <laughs> Consider myself very much told off. Even if though you did it in a very nice way. Thanks, fellas. Love you guys. Oh, and Zach is still right on the homes, winky face, the big T.
1: I wouldn't say we told you off, but like when I was in school I always wanted to be the one to answer the questions. Whenever there was a problem, me and like the teacher would say, Ryan, give someone else a chance. That's kind of how we feel. Big
0: Tabaski, what kind of drinking? Was it a whiskey drink, a vodka drink, a lager drink, a cider drink?
1: Are you referencing Chumba Wumba right yes. now? I am. Yes. Hey, I'm glad you guys got
0: that. I wasn't sure it would stick because it was a 90s reference. Well done, oh, you two.
1: certainly. That was one that really hit with like kids for some yep. reason there's something about that song that just
3: sings songs that remind them of the back <laughs> times
1: it's like that and then <laughs> like
0: it's the chorus i get knocked down but i get oh, up yeah, again you're never gonna keep me down it's simple yeah yeah it's yeah.
1: Va- but i don't know why i remember like all of my friends really like oh, that yeah. song too oh, yeah. it's like the i'm blue song like right. that one just hit with kids too yep. <laughs> yeah. all right from gun gun 1989 <laughs> on being named an inaugural goatee recipient I'd like to thank all the subscribers who made the BSN DNVR community that it has grown into. I'd like to thank RK, Zach, and Mace for keeping us engaged over the years. I'd like to thank Breck Bruce, WGTs, (laughs) Straws, Pop-Tarts, Blood Sausage, and the Denver Broncos. <laughs> As a lifetime member, I promise to continue to uphold the duties of subscribership and nonsense commenting. Here's to more Goaties in the future. Hashtag repeat season and go Broncos.
0: Thank you, Gun Gun, and congratulations. And Yes,
1: and congratulations to all the uh, members of the year in the, in the inaugural Goaties. I will say this. We had some tough votes mm-hmm. on all of our Goaties None was tougher than this one. We wanted to, We kept trying to expand it to conclude everyone. And then we're like, oh, we can't get away tens of thousands of goatees. So, um, there's a good chance that any of you could be in next year because all of you are great. Absolutely. Amen. Next one coming in from Larry Den Jr. Thanks so
3: much for the info on ownership. As a black man, I truly hope Robert Smith is the next Broncos owner, not only for the diversity and NFL finally have a black owner, but guys – you realize Robert Smith is the guy who gave the commencement speech in his alma mater, Morehouse, and paid the entire graduating class student loans in full. Incredible. Imagine what he'd do for Denver community and the NFL. Quick question, and it's a, it's a really good point. It was awesome that he did yes, that for that Morehouse. Yes, that was amazing.
1: Quick question. I am so— Real quick, let me just add yeah. one more thing. I love the fact that two of the top candidates here to be the Broncos' ownership are, as he mentioned, a black man and also a young woman. I would be ecstatic if either of those two mm-hmm. things happened just for the uh, the the idea of forwarding the NFL. But make that make that ownership
0: absolutely. room look different when it's at meetings. I mean, uh, fair or not, it's mostly a, a bunch of older white guys. Yep,
1: and it'd be
3: awesome for Denver to have that representation. Absolutely, I too am so committed to adding Trent Williams and Chris Jones to this team. Is there an Elway move? Is this an Elway move? I can see Elway adding Chris Jones, but would he trade that second rounder in one of those thirds or a second and a fourth to get Trent Williams? I just think he's young enough. We got that money. We're building something great here. And from everything I've observed about Pat Shermer's offense thus far, he does not disguise or offer aid to the tackles practically at all. Doesn't like to chip. Doesn't like big tight end packages. He trusts his tackles to hold up. And that is just not possible with what we have personnel-wise. We take for granted how stagnant the offense was under Scangarello because he was trying to hide how bad Elijah Wilkinson was. And at times, Bulls, the brief snaps with Juwan James on the field is such a major difference. What do you think it will take to get Trent to Denver? Aside from me dropping hints on his Instagram and Twitter, LOL. Well, here's... Second, right?
0: I'm going to quote RK and say, here's the thing. Yes. About Trent Williams. I'm going to kind of rule my step away from 2019 because there were extenuating circumstances in terms of the, the fact that he missed the entire season. But Trent Williams has not made it full through a full 16 game season since 2013. That's a good point. And he has missed in 2016, 2017, 2018. He missed four, six, and three games respectively. So over the course of three seasons, missed nearly a full entire year, 13 games And he's going to be 32 years old when the season starts. Or actually, 32 years old at the start of training camp. And given what you've dealt with with injuries, I just can't see this team going down the Trent Williams path.
3: To counter that really quick, you would have Garrett Bowles for another year for cheap. So would that kind of be a good backup to have to Trent Williams? Yes. Yes. So would if, it kind of make sense in that point standpoint? I know Garrett Bowles would only be for one more
1: year at cheap. It's funny to me thinking the way that things have gone for the Broncos lately. A guy missing four games is like, eh, that's pretty good. No, <laughs> oh, right, right.
0: <laughs> but I think, but I think they're gonna come to the conclusion they saw enough for Bowles to give him another year.
1: Fair, and Ryan, I you- hope Shermer is the one who comes in there and says, "You guys are effing insane." Well, the yeah. the,
0: the thing with Bowles, I've always thought that since Vic Fangio and John Elway got up there and said we're going to take a one-month break before we get into film review, that that one-month break could hurt Garrett Bowles the most. Because if you made that evaluation right after the season, you'd say, oh, we played pretty well down the stretch. We feel pretty good. Taking a month means you have a chance to breathe, reflect, and view the 16 games of the package. And now you've got Pat Shermer evaluating those 16 games, not just Mike Munchak.
3: Right. It, exactly. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned a second-round pick for Trent Williams. Yeah, I would do it. But would you do a second and a third? Yep. I would do
0: I would do a third. I wouldn't do a second, and I certainly wouldn't do a second and a third.
3: I would gotta th- I would think that a second and a third would do it for Washington, right?
1: Probably. I mean, if they're that's looking too for a much. first, they're not going to get it. Yeah.
0: That's, that's too much, and especially with the depth at tackle in this year's draft class. Look, if you asked me would I rather have – Prince Tega, Wanogu in round two or trade a second for Trent Williams, I'll take Wanogu and develop him and trust Mike Munchak to make him the best that he can be.
1: My thing is like, if you told me you could spend a second and a third both on tackles and know that one of them is going to work out, would you do it? I would say yes. Right. So because of that, I'll just say, give me the known commodity. I realize that you'd be better off getting the young guy that you know is going to work out, but you don't actually know that. So give me the known commodity. You know, he maybe he has three more good years left in the tank. That's enough for me. Yeah, I agree. Last one here is from World of Suck, who says, To my fellow DNVR members, if you don't listen to the draft pod, listen to the one that dropped this week. Mace joined Dre and Hank, and the pod was the best draft pod I've tuned in for yet. There's
0: going to be more where that came from. I'm going to try to join them as often as possible here in the next three
1: months. Love it. After thinking about the draft, I have a question for you. In 2019, you guys said that a dream draft would be to come away with Locke and Reisner. Well, we wound up with Locke, Reisner, and Noah Fant, which is just crazy. In 2018, we thought there was a chance that a QB might possibly slip to us, but we thought that Bradley Chubb being available at five was just just fantasy. You could argue that in both cases, the Broncos got much higher value than we were willing to imagine going in. I'm looking for a binary yes or no here, like you're taking a prop bet in Vegas. If you had to call your shot – do the Broncos come away with better value than what we would consider to be reasonable right now? This would mean someone like Judy Lamb, Isaiah Simmons, or, or Andrew Thomas falls to 15. What do you think?
0: The name I'll throw there is Isaiah Simmons. Not necessarily the biggest need, but if he somehow fell, that's a draft-changing plan.
1: Something we ignore often in this draft process is the incompetency of some of the franchises in the NFL. And so someone is going to draft Daniel Jones at number six this year, all over again, and, so, and that's going to cause someone to fall. So,
3: Mace, the question is though: yes or no? Do, does one of these talents that we view too good to fall to fifteen? Do they fall?
0: One, I. I yes or no. My mock draft right now, I have. Yes none... or no? Questions <laughs> are tough for you, huh? Yes, because they're because reality is gray. It's not—reality re- is, is rarely binary.
1: But the question is a <laughs> <The> binary question. <laughs> question. Right. So yes or no. I say, I say yes. You can only say—there's only one word—two <laughs> words you're allowed to say after I finish talking, and the words are yes or no.
0: I'm going to say none—okay, <laughs> I'm going to say none of those four fall just because in my current <laughs> mock draft that I'm about halfway through right now and I'm going to finish the other half later on today, that I don't have any of them falling. That was no. That's no?
3: <laughs> Ryan, what do you think? Oh uh, yes. Be, and and I, my reasoning is because of what you said. I think quarterbacks, maybe. I mean, Jake Fromm. When was the last time we heard this guy's name? I the day he committed, and that was like a five minute thing. Well, the guy you're the hearing passage.
0: now is Jordan Love.
3: Right. So Jordan Love, Jake Fromm, once we get close to the draft, all these teams are going to just go crazy for them, and too many quarterbacks are going to go before 15 to let some of these great prospects fall. John,
0: I could see John Gruden taking a quarterback just out of the blue.
1: At 11? Yeah. Oh, my God. If you take Jake Fromm or <laughs> Jordan Love in the top 15, just delete your franchise.
3: Now, do you, I agree. Do you think that will happen? One of those. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Yeah, i i'd be I'd be okay with From. I love the problem is I just have to squint too hard to see it. You don't love him, dude. <laughs> I expect that from R.K. I didn't expect that from you, Zach.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I just uh, he does have a good name, but that's about all he's got going for him. Well, the problem
0: is the first name is longer than the last name.
3: Ah, yes, that is true.
0: That's a, That for quarterbacks, usually it's the, the it's the you want the quick, snappy. He you to change first to name. J.
1: You can just J-Love. go by J-Love. J-Love. Or J-Lo. <laughs> no one's ever used that one before. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think for this week, that is going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Go 49ers. Please go 49ers. I pray that we all come back here on Monday and say, wow, we finally Ryan found the right. kryptonite. And the kryptonite is that Patrick Mahomes can't perform in Super Bowls.
3: I hope so. I hope so. And we
0: can still say the Chiefs have not won a Super Bowl since the Beatles were together. Yes. And since we were putting men on the moon. Yes.
2: As Keep of going.
3: right now, that's true.
0: Since before VCRs were <laughs> a thing. Since before the internet.
1: Since we got to get these all out since now. Since before me. Yes.
0: Since before any of us. Yes. <laughs>
1: And we can still say that no one in the AFC West has won a Super Bowl in our lifetime, Zach. Yep. Mm-hmm. Other than the Broncos, of course. So we're gonna hold on to that for at least two more days, or and hopefully over a year. Hopefully, over three hundred sixty-five decades. How about that? We should. I should look up the uh, on Sunday how many days it's been. It'll just be a oh, fun number gosh. to put out. Tens of thousands. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week, and we will catch up with you Monday no matter what happens on Sunday. We won't be like the people who take Monday off after the Super Bowl, though I do believe the Super Bowl should be played on Saturday. That's a, question, that's a debate for another day, <laughs> so we'll talk to you later and have a great weekend.